today I write songs when I feel this way I grab my guitar and I play I got the Merle Haggard Blues today A very spooky welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and the lovely voice you just heard is from the man himself, Bobby Mackey, who I had the pleasure of meeting in person just a couple short weeks ago, and we had a blast together, and he is going to be on for a future episode, so you'll definitely hear from him in a while. Cemeteries. There's something about them. So peaceful, so beautiful, so unique. The day my sister and I went to Bobby Mackey's Music World, we had the whole day to explore the wilder Kentucky area and Cincinnati, Ohio area. Bobby Mackey's wasn't opening till 7. So I did some research and was totally stoked when I saw that just over the bridge in Cincinnati, lies the second largest cemetery in the United States, Spring Grove Cemetery. To be honest, that day was a mess. Not the evening, mind you, but the day. My sister Casey was a total sweetheart and wanted to buy us a hotel room for the night. Well, the online agency that she used, and I'm not talking about the ones that are really well known like Travelocity and Orbitz and Kayak and what have you, but some rinky dinky shitty one that nobody's probably ever heard of. They put our room for August 9th, not the 4th. And so that kind of put us in a little predicament and they refused to change it. We couldn't afford to get another room. This kind of left us roomless. Well, defeated, we decided we would go to Bobby's, watch him perform, hopefully hang out with him for a few minutes, and then mosey our way out of town. We may have been feeling low due to the hotel room, but our spirits were absolutely lifted knowing that we would be hanging out at Bobby Mackey's, but also that just a few miles away happened to be one of the largest cemeteries in the country. So when we first got there, I saw what looked like a parking lot and it was too late. As soon as we get in there, we're kind of stuck. We see that it's actually a funeral procession taking place after a U-turn and kind of weaving in and out, we finally are out of the funeral procession, which mind you hasn't started yet. They were just getting ready. We anxiously make our way out. Finally, we get directions. This really sweet woman saw that I was kind of lost and asked if I needed help. And she told me, when you leave this lot, when you leave this lot, go straight ahead, then take a left, then take a right, then take another left. You'll see a little bridge, go under it. Then you'll see three roads. Those roads will take you throughout the whole burial grounds. So very grateful for her help. We jump back in the car. And I just want to say, as much as I wanted to investigate these hollowed grounds, all I did was take pictures. I didn't go there with the intent to investigate, just to check things out. As I knew a funeral was taking place, 
even though we never saw where they were, which is a good thing. And people were around visiting. It was an honor being there, as I'm sure it will be a while before I pass through Ohio again. Though I did promise Bobby and his wife Denise that I would be back to go visit them. So who knows, maybe sooner than later. So we drove around and we stopped several times. We spent several hours there. Then we figured, hey, you know, it's time to head out, make our way back to Bobby Mackey's Music World. And we noticed that we hadn't really seen anybody in quite a while. Now, yes, it's a large cemetery, huge, but from time to time, we would at least see like a passerby or a bicyclist or another car or something, you know? And it had been a while since we have seen anybody. So we see an exit sign and go in that desired path. Earlier, the gate was open, I noticed, and now it stands before us, um, closed and locked. Access denied. Access denied indeed, my friends. Now, the cemetery is so large that it's like a maze. You take a right and then there's a fork. You pick a path and you're met with several other forks and what have you. With more exits we pass, all of them are being closed. Well, relieved, we finally find one. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to stay overnight in Spring Grove Cemetery, but being locked in a closed cemetery or another location where you're a visitor, but now you're becoming a trespasser? Tessa don't play like that. I was pretty much tripping out. I'm so law-abiding that people often joke around calling me Sheriff Tessa. If I ended up getting hauled off to jail, I would never hear the end of it of my cop buddies or family. (laughs) Yep, no thank you. That's a souvenir that I absolutely do not need. So anyways, during our time here at Spring Grove, I was in constant awe. Every time I turned around, beautiful funeral statues welcomed us, mausoleums standing mighty tall and proud. At times I felt like I was back in the cities of the dead. And you know what? I guess I really was just in a different city. Before I touch on the haunted occurrences in this magnificent cemetery, let's talk about the history. Their motto, take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footsteps love it and so true. I get mad when I see people walking their dogs in the cemetery. There's this one woman who's notorious in my hometown of Pueblo. When I go to this old historic cemetery, she brings her two dogs, lets them run around. They do their business and I've actually witnessed her pretend to pick it up and walk away. I walk over and mm -hmm, it's still there, totally busted. So anyways, Spring Grove was established back in 1845 as a nonprofit cemetery. The city's other cemeteries were quickly filling up as cholera epidemic heartbreakingly struck the city and it struck hard. This historic cemetery is very much a part of Cincinnati's history. Remember, this is the United States' second largest cemetery. And I know I've said it before, but it's 
worth mentioning again, because that's spectacular. Do you have any idea what the first one is? Think about it. I'll wait. If only for a second. I am impatient. (laughs) The largest cemetery in the U.S. is Calvary Cemetery, which is a Roman Catholic cemetery in Queens. Not only is it the largest, but it happens to be one of the oldest as well. I'm intrigued. Definitely expect an episode on that cemetery in the future, as I will be excited to research the hell out of it. (laughs) The history is beautifully preserved here at Spring Grove Cemetery with an impressive 733 acres of burial grounds, gorgeous trees, 15 different lakes, and believe it or not, you guys, over 44 miles of windy roads taking you each and every way. It's easy to get lost in here. (laughs) Just ask uh, me. When we were trying to find exits, I felt like Jennifer Conley trying to make her way through the labyrinth in search of the Goblin King. Dance, magic, dance. Now, a large part of the area was set aside by Adolf Strauch, a well-known landscape gardener who became the superintendent of these hallowed grounds. The lakes, the bridges and islands, all of those you see come from Adolf himself. The areas he set aside are untouched by burials to this very day. The woodland preserve retains its hillsides and ravines. Spring Grove Cemetery accomplished something that only four other cemeteries were able to do. It got itself landed on the National Historic Landmark list. Not an easy feat, but coming here and exploring the area? It's no shocker that it did just that. I swear, there's times when I'm in a cemetery. And if it's large, I'll make my rounds just driving around from spot to spot and then explore the grounds in that particular area. Or I'll drive slowly and stop if I see something that catches my eye. Well, you guys, everywhere I looked, I saw some impressive tomb, headstone, crypt, mausoleum, statue, or monument that demanded my attention. Not only burial plots, but several different chapels, such as Norman Chapel, which FYI is thought to be haunted. More about that later on. Uh, The Lakeside Chapel, Cedars of Lebanon Chapel, and my favorite, the Gothic Revival Dexter Memorial. Seriously, you guys, Google that bad boy. It's stunning. And imagine seeing it in person. Simply gorgeous and so damn majestic. Dexter is also thought to be haunted. And like Norman, you must wait. And no, we aren't talking about Dexter Morgan and Norman Bates. 
Thank you guys. I'm here all night. <laughs> Just kidding. Many rest here, calling Spring Grove their eternal home, such as judges, U.S. senators, a ton of heroes from the Civil War, including generals, captains, commanders, and colonels. Do you shop at Kroger's supermarket? The founder, Bernard Kroger, rests here. Are you a wine lover, perhaps? Mm -mm -mm. Nicholas Longworth, winemaker and the father of American grape culture, is here as well. Perhaps you're a fan of baseball. You'll find Hall of Famers, Waite Hoyt and Miller Huggins. They actually have a monument dedicated to baseball that I was able to locate. On the upper part of the headstone bears two baseball bats, kind of pointed inward at each other with a baseball in the middle. And it reads, This monument erected in 1951 by the Cincinnati Baseball Club Company on the occasion of the 75th anniversary of the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs in memory of Charles Harvey Gould, August 30th, 1846 to April 9th. 1917, first National League manager of the Cincinnati Red Stockings, 1876. Whatever your interests and hobbies, you'll find something here or somebody that will interest you. Louise and Charles Taft, the mother and father of the 27th President of the United States, William Howard Taft, are here as well. Just a side note, about a year ago, I was at Arlington where Taft himself is buried and found his burial and visited him. Arlington is for another time. Okay, so time for some local Spring Grove haunts. Earlier, I mentioned the Norman Chapel. This butte has gargoyles standing guard at the entrance. Legend is that unexplained cries can be heard coming from the basement of this chapel when nighttime approaches, of course. Chapel basements tend to freak me out. I don't know why. Maybe because it's like feels kind of dungeony and medieval torture chambers come to mind for some reason. Don't know. I'm a weird cookie, I guess. This wasn't your typical basement. A holding cell with gel bars and everything was built in the late 1800s to gel those who, dun dun dun, were traveling too fast throughout the cemetery. Drivers would actually be arrested, thrown into the gel overnight, and released the next day. It is believed by a lot of people, that some of the people who experienced a night or two here remain stuck here to this very day, forever imprisoned, haunting the chapel grounds, of course. Next is Dexter Mausoleum, an eerie and beautiful structure, looking like you could find it in the United Kingdom, no joke. It holds such beauty, such mystery. Dexter was built in 1869 as a private family mausoleum for whiskey baron Edmund Dexter. Some people 
believe that this mystifying mausoleum is guarded by two phantom white dogs or what others consider wolves. It is thought that if you sit on the steps leading to this gothic monument, that two white dogs will actually approach you. Some have claimed to see them walk by or sit and stare at them or even growl at the visitor. There's even a white dog statue in the cemetery. True or not, still intriguing. And I think that would make a really good movie. Like Revenge of the White Wolf. For those who are familiar with the cemetery, you probably know about the bizarre story behind the Boya Monument. A monument that I actually stopped the car for and took a picture of as we were running out of time, not knowing what it was or the story behind it, just because I found it interesting. It was only at the moment later on, a few days ago, when I was doing my research (laughs) and actually saw that photo of the grave and thought, okay, too bad I didn't stick around a little longer. It's a strange tale. Charles Boya was an optometrist by trade. He died in 1908. He supposedly requested that his eyes be removed from his body, placed in glass, and then put in the bronze bust of himself, which you can find located right at the side of his monument. Another tale is that he requested glass eyes that resemble his own to be placed in the bronze bust that is located on the tomb itself. This was his way of keeping an eye on things even after death. But FYI guys, that's obviously a legend. Those aren't his real eyes. You should still go and check it out because it is really cool and those eyes really are lifelike, but that's about it. Nothing haunting about that, right? Visitors who are in the area, however, have often felt like they are being watched only to find themselves to be completely and utterly alone. Or maybe not. People claim to have even seen the head move on its own. Now that would be a sight to see. Talk about a head turner. (laughs) Now, in the middle of my research, I came upon some old news articles regarding good old Charles and his wife. Now, Charles insisted that they have their final burial homes, what he called wooden overcoats, in their home. And not in storage, mind you, but right where they sleep, under their beds. Some may find this creepy, morbid, uh, disturbing, as did the missus, but he talked her into it. And eventually it just became a regular part of life. Having the old coffin lying around, waiting patiently for its eternal use. Now I quote, Miss Boya raised her hands aloft with a cry of horror. (coughs) But the mister of the house stood firm in his resolution carried it out, and now she thinks no more of the coffins under the bed than she would if they were shirtwaist boxes, unquote. Hmm. The caskets are heavy, solid mahogany, which is lined with copper, prepared for 
hermetical ceiling, costing 500 buckaroonies per casket. Why the copper? Well, it's supposed to protect the bodies from the weather elements and what have you, preserving the bodies. And Charles was thinking, hey, not only for years, but for several centuries, we'll be at our natural state. When asked why he had the coffins in his home, he stated, why shouldn't I be prepared? I am living well now and want to be assured that I'll be buried right when I am dead. I'm not going to be put away in some flimsy coffin. For the history lovers and cemetery fans, this is a place to go enjoy the intense, raw, pure beauty. But with saying that, I need to say that this is an active burial location as funerals, memorials, burials, and mourners come here often and take place. So the staff here, they definitely frown upon the haunting stories that are connected to Spring Grove Cemetery. And I respect that, absolutely. So please refrain from investigating here. As mentioned earlier, I'm a huge fan of cemeteries, graveyards, and all burial grounds. So whether it's to go investigate in an old abandoned cemetery or to go visit and explore the grounds of an active cemetery, each experience is special and great. And just being here at Spring Grove was such, was such a warming experience. And I also enjoy photography, um, photographing animals, wildlife, and of course, headstones. So the avid photographer would also be in heaven here, so to speak. The time my sister and I spent here was indeed special. We're going to be hearing from Casey and her favorite parts of the cemetery here very, very shortly. But before we do that, I want to talk about some of my favorite things there. So the first thing that we came upon while at Spring Grove was the area where the stillborn infants, toddlers, and children rest, adorned with a statue of two sweet, precious children, a little girl on the left in a dress, and a little boy on the right in overalls, looking lovingly at each other, surrounded by gorgeous blooming orange flowers with ground-level headstones of those who died way too early. There are many children here, unfortunately, and just such a sad, sad thing. My heart goes out to those sweethearts and their families, their parents, and just everybody. So we stayed in this area for a few minutes, paying our respects to these sweet little babies. I want to discuss some of the funeral statues and headstones that I was fortunate enough to have in my presence, if only for a minute or two. One was the shape of what could be a chapel. So very large. Like, and when I mean shape, I don't mean like this, like the size, like a whole house, but it was as tall as one. And it was just phenomenal. It had like the arch of a doorway and just everything. And it was just so great. And it's not too far from where the children lie. Upon one of the roads is a crypt nestled in a hill that bears the name Samuel Davis Jr. Now, of course, we know it ain't Sammy, but 
it was so phenomenal looking and just kind of looked almost hobbity uh, just with the hill kind of surrounding it and on it and it just looked so cool and while in this area we actually stopped the car to take pictures and a video just because it looked so neat meanwhile this bird which sounded like it was making sounds from within the crypt itself even though I know it wasn't it just kept squawking away at us No joke. <laughs> so we definitely had company and made a new friend at Spring Grove Cemetery for sure. The squawky kind, little feather butt kind. So during our exploration of these grounds, my sister pointed out a large headstone surrounded by shrubbery bearing the name Flake. Now, earlier this year, we had the unfortunate time of losing our beloved family cat, Flake, who we were lucky to have for a close 17 years, if not a little longer. So it was awesome seeing this as we miss our girls so, so much. I want to mention that back in late July, while at Evergreen Cemetery with my cousin Holly, we found headstones bearing the names Paris and London and so on. And I thought, you know, that is so neat. I never thought of it before, but I thought to myself, I want to start documenting these names, like taking pictures and stuff, you know? And so I spotted a headstone at Spring Grove with the name Liverpool on it. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of neat. I'm amused by the weirdest of things, but whatever. It's all good. While there, we also found neat, interesting names like... Trowbridge, Toe Water, and Voorhees. Now, it was spelled a little different than Jason Voorhees, but I still thought out of the 733 acres of land that it was a cool find indeed, a little treasure. And we also found Myers not too far away. And it wasn't like a name. It was just like Myers and Voorhees in big letters on it. Not with dates and little names and stuff, but just Voorhees. There were so many other places to go to in that area. I mean, you could be there all day and not see even half of the cemetery as you see so many forks. And it's it's crazy, but I, I definitely want to go back at some point. Now that I shared a few things, I'm going to let my sister Casey talk a little about her favorite things. So take it away, sis. Alright, so, <laughs> this cemetery was really interesting because, I mean, I haven't been to a ton of cemeteries, but, you know, I've been to quite a few, and with it being the second largest in the country, it was just, like, that in itself is definitely amazing and, you know, worth talking about. So we go in and, you know, Tessa, as she's mentioned, we did get lost, <laughs> That was a little bit of an adventure in itself. We uh, we got lost going in, and then we kind of got lost a little bit going, getting out. <laughs> we almost got locked in, so that was a little <laughs> funny. Definitely a story to laugh about now that we're out. Anyways, some stuff that I liked about the cemetery is that when we first got in, and we were actually into the cemetery part, there was an infant section, 
and obviously it's just for you know the little little ones which is really sad of course but there was this section of really beautiful orange flowers and they just really stuck out and then along with the flowers there were statues of children and they were holding hands and I don't know I just thought that was really sweet I mean it just seemed you know it went so well with that area and uh, you know as sad as it is it just kind of seemed like it like it belonged I don't know kind of beautiful in a way and then we were going around and there were a lot of things that looked like they were straight out of New Orleans like they're you know like mausoleums and there were some vines that were covering some of these mausoleum type structures and that was really beautiful I always like seeing graves and things like that it just you know there's a lot of (laughs) there's age to it we were driving along and all of a sudden we turn a little area and I see like behind another headstone there's a headstone that says Flake F-L-A-K-E and that got me really excited and I told Tessa hey Tessa look there's Flake (laughs) and a little something to go along with that why I got so excited is we had a cat that was at my dad's and he you know she was our cat for geez like 17 years and she just passed in the past year and so and her name is Flake but yeah so you know it was really (laughs) I just got really excited to see Flake because it's you know it's not a common name or anything you'd see and that's the only thing it said it didn't have a date it didn't have you know like a first name it just said Flake and so it just made me think of our little kitty cat our sweet kitty that crossed the rainbow bridge has Tessa has said there's there's so many interesting things about the cemetery. If you're ever up that way in Cincinnati, I would definitely suggest you go there and ask someone for help <laughs> when you're there because you you'll probably get lost yourself. <laughs> but yeah, you'll if you like you know getting to see cemeteries, interesting cemeteries, then that would for sure be one of them on the top of the list. So yeah, that's. Well, a big thank you to my dear little sister for being on and sharing what her favorite thing was. And apparently we both had the same favorite things because I mentioned those earlier. And um, it was really cool. It was a really neat find that she discovered with Flake. Absolutely, for sure. Did you like this week's episode? Listen to them all. They are equally phenomenal. And be sure to subscribe to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Apple Podcast, and basically any podcast platform. See you next week, my lovelies.